Hi, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Voice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky, joined today by my co-host, Reed McClellan. Say hi, Reed. Hey, Matt. It's great to be here. Hello to all you Voice of Healthcare listeners out there. Thanks, Reed. So today's episode, we're going to revisit our time with Eric Topol at Scripps, but get a little bit more perspective from Reed himself, a practitioner that uses AI. But first... We told you last episode about Suki, the AI-powered, voice-enabled digital assistant that saves you 76% of time on medical documentation. That translates to up to two hours per day. What would you do with that extra time? Doctors tell us they go home early to see their family. They might go to the gym. They take their wife to see a play on, don't tell you, a weeknight. They take their husband out for a nice dinner. They make it to the school play. Their nights are now again their own, and pajamas are actually used for sleeping. Go to get.suki.ai to learn more. That's get.suki.ai to learn more. We'll hear some clips from Dr. Topol, and then we'll have some brief discussion from Reed. Well, AI has been around even before I got into medicine for more than 50 years, but what's happened in the last decade is the deep learning, the deep neural networks. Uh, and that is the way to take, whether it's images uh, or speech or text uh, and, and take this um, through machine learning, through algorithms, neural nets, to uh, get interpretations that are extraordinary. So Reed, if you remember, um, Dr. Topol said to both of us, that AI is probably the most transformative impact in medicine in the last 50 years. Um, what are your thoughts on that as a practitioner who uses the tools day to day? Well, Matt, he actually even said that artificial intelligence in healthcare may truly be the greatest impact on technology of all time, which personally I'm really excited about because you and I have gotten to discuss voice-first technologies and artificial intelligence with a lot of uh, great uh, pioneers out there. But the biggest one, the singular one, is lack of time. And so lack of time to cultivate the trust, the presence, the exam, the laying of hands, the sense of care, compassion, and empathy, all these things have taken a hit. So, you know, there's many different strategies to use AI to restore the care in healthcare and to improve and hopefully at some point get back to the kind of precious patient-doctor relationship we had uh, over 40 years ago. So notably, Dr. Topol talked about this concept, the gift of time, which privately you told me was something that you were really excited about. Uh, He says multiple times throughout our conversation about it, Um, But I wanted you to give our audience your perspective on his concept of the gift of time and how precious that is. As a physician, we've all have the exact same amount of time. It's 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 not a dynamic force. It's a completely static unit. But we as physicians are feeling that time is being taken away from us because we are constantly 
in front of a computer, entering in data into these electronic health records, which is leading to a significant physician burnout. What I found so fascinating was that he claims, and I agree with him completely, that by implementing artificial intelligence into the clinics, we're actually going to gain back that physician-patient relationship that we all really went to medical school for. We want to be doctors to the people, not to the computers. Right. So not only the 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 way that I reviewed, but also a lot of automated diagnostics uh, for patients. So routine things that are not serious, like a urinary tract infection, a skin rash, uh, an ear infection in a child, and a long list of the most common things why people go see a doctor. Those will be done without a doctor, without a nurse. So as we just heard, uh, Dr. Topol says, look, you know, AI is going to automate a lot of the common needs of patients. Um, And he also mentions virtual coaching. So given your perspective on AI and what Dr. Topol just said, what do you think? With AI in healthcare, I think we need to look at it in three different sectors. I believe a lot of us are comfortable with AI as a wellness tool for the individual patient. And we all have apps on our phones that we connect to and that are giving us some feedback. But what I'm starting to see, and you know, actually Marcus Whitney with the Foundry Startup said that he was really interested in that when we were at the Nashville Voice Conference a couple of weeks back, Matt, is the sensors that people are going to start wearing that are going to give feedback both to the patient but also to the doctor. And that's really uh, the, the second sector that I think of. And the final sector is when we actually go into the clinic or into the hospital, there'll be AI running in the, the background. Well, we have a serious problem because it's not protected as it should be. Uh, and the question is, um, will medicine and health data get a different level of respect and legislation which is, I think, desperately needed. Um, It's one thing to sell a person's data uh, regarding their um, shopping, for example, or their music or things like that. And another one to to have their very private data regarding their medical conditions and medications and all sorts of things related to that to be sold and brokered and hacked. So it's clear that Dr. Topol's position on privacy and data ownership is that the United States is sort of headed towards this awareness where patients say to themselves that, hey, this is mine and I want the same sort of gatekeeping uh, capabilities that my brethren in the European nations have. Why don't we have that here? What about you, Reed? Um, When he said that, what were your takeaways? You know, my main takeaway is actually a hope and it's a hope that the uh, voice of healthcare listeners may be the ones that really bring this to legislation. Because as Dr. Topol mentioned, right now there is no legislation on this. And we as patients all deserve to own our records the exact same way that Estonia does. And we could really protect our data and we could use our data for the greater good. And so I, I think I should, we're going to encourage our listeners to, to start that march on creating legislation for privacy uh, of individual patients' data. 
So wh- who do you think we should start that with? I mean, is there somebody that you would say, hey, agency in D.C. or senator or representative, what would you tell our audience? Well, this is a, a bipartisan issue, as Dr. Topol mentioned, that he's already spoken to the Commonwealth Fund that is represented by both Republicans and Democrats, and they actually were all interested in giving patients the rights to their data and that they, the patient, owns the data. So I would recommend that we reach out to our representatives, to our senators, and um, start a campaign to say that we want this and we expect this. There's been over 25 companies that have had clearance or even frank approval for algorithms, uh, but they're locked uh, at the moment of approval, that they're frozen. So a lot of deep learning could be far better if it could keep going and be autodidactic. So the more data it was exposed to, more inputs, it would just get even more accurate. But the way we have at the FDA right now, that doesn't occur. It's being treated as if it was a device or a drug where whatever the data is that comes in front of them to review, it has to stay like that. So that's really interesting. Things get frozen and get caught in DC at the FDA How about you, Reid? It's understandable that things get frozen because the FDA is used to regulating both drugs and devices. And when a company comes to the FDA with one of these products, they're basically saying that they're not going to change the product. The problem here is that with artificial intelligence, both on the machine learning front and on the deep neural network uh, front as well, that actually is hindering the process because as more data comes in, the AI actually gets better and better. So you could think of it as the drug actually getting better over time. But it's understandable because as Dr. Topol also mentions, there can be a lot of danger. Me as a physician, I am seeing one patient at a time. But artificial intelligence could potentially be dealing with thousands of patients at once. And if one mess up, a malware, a a glitch, whatever it may be, occurs, that can actually do harm to a lot of people. So I think in the end, we're going to see the FDA and different artificial intelligence companies come together and have a data safety monitoring board, if you will. And perhaps ever so often, without having to go through a new FDA process, they can just upgrade their AI, but it's constantly being monitored by the data data safety monitoring group. So Reed, any final thoughts on our takeaways today from our meeting with Dr. Topol? I think the main takeaway once again goes back to the, the precious gift of time and that we will once again have that physician patient relationship that we all long for. But Part of that is going to be a cultural shift. As Dr. Topol mentioned, a lot of things will be automated. For instance, a a urinary tract infection will actually be diagnosed by AI and potentially have a prescription by AI. Or even a patient that has a skin rash may be diagnosed and treatment options may be provided via artificial intelligence. So this gives more time to the physician that's actually in the clinic to see the more complex uh, patient relationships. 
another point that we really uh, didn't talk much about, but I think is important, and I'm really excited to talk more about later, is telemedicine and how that's going to actually open up time for the inpatient uh, visits because a lot of these uh, ailments and illnesses can actually be taken care of via telemedicine. And uh, I know we're going to be speaking with Dr. Lou Levy of uh, Teladoc, the chief medical officer, in an upcoming episode. And I think he's going to really expand on that a great deal, Matt. Reed, thanks for your takeaways. This has been episode 22 of the Voice of Healthcare podcast. We thank our sponsor, Suki. To learn more, go to get.suki.ai. That's get.suki.ai. We'll see you next time. 